It is Easter. Man, last year we were in our basement with three people and two dogs, and the and the two of the dogs got in Tylenol. And after first service, my son came down and he said the dogs ate 90 Tylenols. And we had to take them to the vet between first service and second service. And $7,000 later, we still don't know how many Tylenols they had. Thank God they're home. All they have is plastic bones. I stumbled across this beautiful little picture that I'm going to ask that they put on the screen. I love that picture. It was of a little girl that went in a park with her mom, and there's a statue of Jesus carrying his cross. And she ran over, and she's trying to help Jesus carry his cross. Now today, I want to take you on a journey. Today, I want to talk to you about Simon of Serene and Misty Frank that has been with us for so long and always faithful. She says, oh, you preached about Simon of Serene in 2008. I'm like, dang, I don't even know people listen. That's amazing. And I went back, and she's right. I preached on Simon of Serene in 2008. And we're going to revisit Simon of Serene because this is my, I think, 23rd Easter that I have the privilege to stand here and preach the message of Christ. One thing I can tell you, I feel a deep sense in my heart that this Easter God may want to speak to his sons and daughters that love salvation, but they don't fully understand the command to carry the cross. So there are many steps that we take as people in the world. You know, steps are important. And not a single dad or mom wants to miss the first step of a baby. Uh, not one of you and I want to not be there when your kids graduate and they take their first step into the big world. You know, the other step after graduation is the step towards a first kiss. You say, after graduation, that's my hope. I know that probably happens in middle school, but I'm just going to pretend I didn't know about that. Then comes the step down the aisle, the step of a father when he enters into the room and he's handed a bundle call the baby, and forever you will be number three. Steps are so important, and, and we know that sometimes ordinary steps that seems just normal leads to extraordinary intersections that has the power to change our lives. And we find this man, Simon, that the Bible only mentions once, Simon of Serene. He's a man that was a believer, and he was of the tribe of Ham, the sons of Noah. The tribe of Ham, for some reason, and there are reasons, just too long to explain, uh, was considered the most despised tribe of Israel. And, and the tribe of Ham and their descendants according to people, always because of that, had a yoke of slavery upon them. Now, Simon came from a place in northern Africa called Serene. 
Now, when I began to look at Simon, he's a believer that every year would make the journey to Jerusalem to go off and make a sin offering on behalf of his wife and his sons. You see, because once a year, people had to take an animal as a replacement offering to pave the blood of the animal would cover the sin of the one who offers that, but it could never take away sin. The Bible says the blood of steers and animals could never take away sin. Now, what is so interesting, from where Serene was as his home village to where Jerusalem was, was 783 miles. There were no Ubers. There were no aeroplanes. And they say it took about 32 days with a donkey. Now you can imagine Simon. This is not his first trip into Jerusalem. But as he came into Jerusalem today, he could feel that the atmosphere is loaded. There is a different vibe in the city. There is a restlessness. There's noise. There's something going on. And he could see that the crowd is restless. And in the distance, he can hear shouting. And, and Simon is taking insignificant steps drawn into the crowd. Because you know, you and I, whenever we hear things and see things, it's like, don't touch wet paint. And our hands are already sticking out to test whether paint is wet. Simon had to see what was going on. But Jesus was at the center of what was going on. Jesus took himself many significant, ordinary steps. Remember Jesus sitting in the upper room with his 12 disciples, and then he reveals one of them is going to betray him, and one of them is going to deny him. When Judas left the room, the 12 disciples were stunned. And out of the upper room of Passover, Jesus took ordinary steps to a garden called Gethsemane. And it's interesting, the word for Gethsemane means the pressing of the olive. It was there that the olives were pressed. And the pressing of the olive is a brutal traumatic experience for the olive, but without the olive being pressed, the oil cannot be extracted. Jesus left his disciples, and he says, why don't you pray? And Jesus went to go pray by himself. Now the prayer that Jesus prayed was so significant, and I want to encourage you to read the prayer that Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed a prayer my father, my father, if it be your will, can this cup pass from me? But not my will be done, but your will be done. And then he went back and he found his disciples asleep. And for a second time, he went in and he wrestled with God the same prayer. Then he went back and for a third time, he wrestled with God. And the Bible says, he was sweating blood 
and sweat because this very thing that he was wrestling down preceded what was about to happen because after he prayed for a third time, he came out ordinary steps and he met a crowd and Judas with a kiss of death came and identified Jesus. Jesus took more steps to the court of the high priest. After a time there, more steps were taken and accusations as he was brought before Pilate. And Pilate washes his hands and says, I, I cannot see any wrong in him. But he says, you do with Jesus whatever you want to do. Then Jesus took more steps and he was led into the inner dungeon of the prison. And there Jesus was beaten, he was mocked, he was spat on. The Bible says his beard was pulled out. And then he was led to the, to the pole where, where there was execution. He was tied to a pole on the square. And they took a whip with shards of clay and metal. And they literally whipped Jesus. And in the book of Psalms, it describes, he says, every bone in my body was exposed. Every bone out of joint I was unrecognizable when they whipped me. Then they took Jesus a few more steps. They put a crown of thorns on his head. Then a last few steps. They led Jesus to a cross. Now they tell us that the weight of a full cross was about 300 pounds. If Jesus were to only carry the crossbar, it would be between 90 and 100 pounds that Jesus had to carry. Now you've got to understand, Jesus was in a state of agony, physical, emotional, and spiritual weakness. His emancipated body was now got to carry the weight of a cross. And he knew what was coming. So Jesus, the Son of God, the baby that was born in a manger, no crib for a bed. As I said last night, when we sing that song, we sing it with so much endearment. Last night I said, when his mother held him, there's a song that was written that says, Mary, do you know that your baby born will one day walk on the water? Mary, do you fully understand the baby that was just born one day will save the sons and daughters? Mary, do you understand that this baby will make all things new? Oh, I love this part. And this child that you have delivered will one day deliver you. Now the Bible says, when Jesus began to carry the cross, and the weight of the cross on the weakness of everything he's been through, it was an hour to an hour and a half journey through the streets of Jerusalem. If you've ever been there, this is not flat streets. 
It steps going down. It steps going up. It's cobblestone, the resistance of this. But Scripture tells us very clearly that this man, Simon, came in. And what is so interesting about Simon in Mark chapter 15, 21, as he put his head through the crowd, they pressed into service. A passerby coming from the country. Simon of Serene, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to bear his cross. In one split second, a man that was merely a bystander was put under a moment of a law that the Romans called Angari. You want to just say that, Angari. Angari means now is the moment where you have no choice. Take this cross and carry it on the behalf of the one who is guilty. Oh, this is so significant. It, it, it seems like there was just need for some more color and decoration in the story of Jesus. But you see, this is where we as believers need to understand because the moment Simon put this cross on his shoulders, he fulfilled the very words that Jesus spoke to you and I. Because we understand that we cannot save ourselves. Because you see, this interruption that he didn't care for was about to change his life forever. So let's not gaze over this moment. Let's not gaze over the moment that Simon is carrying the cross of judgment and execution. He's carrying the very emblem of death and he is following this man, Jesus, that will be crucified on this cross. But why is it so significant? I would love for you to read me in our campuses out loud, Matthew chapter 16, 24 to 26. And these are the words of Jesus. Now I know we love the story of the cross. And when we get to this part, Sometimes we just want to leap right over it, but I encourage you to read it out loud to his disciples. He said, if you want to follow me, you must deny yourself the things you think you want. You must pick up your cross and follow me. The person who wants to save his life must lose it, and the one who wants to lose his life for me will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world, wealth, fame, and success, but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? The word deny is a very tough one. Because you see, you and I understand, if we deny ourselves, lay our lives down, we are laying down the very thing that we love about life, especially in the free United States of America. Now I'm going to take you to the Garden of Eden. Remember in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, please say yes, please say yes. Adam and Eve. The Bible says the snake was more cunning than all the animals. And he came to Adam and Eve. He says, did God really say? 
did he really say that you cannot eat from that tree? He knows the moment you eat from that tree, you will be just like him. You will be able to discern right from wrong. You will be able to live life your way. And church, in that moment, what brought utter chaos and destruction to humanity was not eating an apple. What brought utter chaos and destruction to humanity is when those who believed in the Father became self-governed, self-willed, and independent from God. And I can tell you this, the very thing that was set into motion in the garden is the very thing that you and I to this day need to understand. Because you see, we love the cross. When I look at the cross, I know the power of the cross. I am very clear that the sin debt that I have and you have is so far-reaching that I cannot satisfy the payment for that sin debt on my own. The Bible says there is no righteous work that you and I can do that will ever be enough for that sin debt. That is why, and I want to thank Courtney to rush out at six this morning to find me sage. Now, many of you go like, why sage? <laughs> do you know that people have so far fallen from understanding their indebtedness and their state of lostness that somehow they believe when they don't feel good and life is not good all I need to do is just burn sage in my house it takes all the evil out and all the bad feelings out all my guilt I just burn sage Sage is how I cleanse. Sage is how I feel happy. I eat some non-fat organic yogurt and sage the heck out of my problems. <laughs> if it was sage we needed, why did Jesus have to die on a cross? You may laugh. Can I tell you? That even in our lives as believers, we often elevate what is easy because we know picking up a cross and dying to self is hard. But Jesus is saying something so interesting because you see it's on the cross that he stripped evil of their power. It's on the cross that He satisfied the very debt that was against us. It's on the cross where God took all of our sin and all of our shame and guilt and put it on His Son. It's on the cross that all that was broken has been dismantled. But that doesn't stop. Because you see, the cross was declared to us 
Satan, today in the city of David, is born for you a Savior that will take away the sin of the world. And I want to look you in the eye and say, to this very day, there is nothing that can wash away your sin and reconcile you back to God, but the blood of Jesus, God's only Son, that came at the highest price. And, and as believers, we go like, I love that part. But friends, here's the part that God wants to stir up in our hearts. In Luke 2, he says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's called the Messiah and the Lord. Oh, this is big. You see, because in that moment, the word Angari came. And no longer... Do I effortlessly walk behind Jesus with my sage leaves? I do the easy thing. He's going to do the hard thing. He says, no, you don't understand it. To find your life, you've got to lose your life. To deny yourself is the only way to find me. He says, to follow me is to carry my cross daily. And my cross is the one that the part that is stubborn, the one that is arrogant, the one that wants to self-govern. It's on this cross that you have to let that one die. He says, if you want to gain eternally, you've got to forsake the world and its desire for you. If you want to keep your soul, You've got to crucify the old self daily. You want to share in my glory. First, you have to share in my suffering. We don't like that word. Because you see, picking up a cross and walking with it, it's so hard. It's so hard in so many ways because... An incredible theologian wrote these words. He says, growth in grace is to grow downward. It is forming a lower estimate of ourselves. It's coming to a deep realization of our own nothingness without Christ. Prior to Jesus on the cross, he wrestled his own will in Gethsemane. When last have you wrestled your will? When last have you sat before God and said, God, every day I've got to carry this cross unless I want to be your disciple. I want to say this to you, the thing I fear the most is that we preach a gospel that all you need to do is a sinner's prayer and you'll be fine. And we let us, we don't let you know of the cross that we've got to be pick up. There is no magic phrase. There is no cookie cookie in the jar, open the gates so far. We want to sing a song that says, I give some of me, O oh God, 
You can have it all, Lord. Every part of my world. Take this life that leads yours. This heart is now yours. That's the song. You know what we sing? You can have it all, almost all. You can have some part of me. Take this and that and this and that. Don't touch that. Part of my life is yours. Beautiful people of God. Jesus paid the highest price. Jesus could have in that garden said, I'm not doing this. Father, they're not worth it. You know they will betray us. Jesus could have said, God, let's like the divine sage. And I will go through Jerusalem and I will just cleanse all evil because the cost to me is so little. Aren't you the God that can do it all? But Jesus said, not my will be done. Your will be done. God, the cost is for me to lay down my life as a sacrifice and you're a Simon of Serene he thought he is just in a state of Angari he has to what he didn't know that he modeled that before you get to salvation you've got to get to surrender of your own life. Oh, the invite could be very easy. Hey, you feel lonely. You feel depressed. If you feel lost, just come to Jesus. Pray this prayer. Burn some sage. Light some vanilla candles and you'll be fine. Jesus says, no, if you want to come to me, if you want your sins forgiven, if you want your life to become a fragrance of my amazing grace, if you want to follow me, rich young man says, I obey the law, I, I do everything. Jesus says, it's not about obedience to the law, it's obedience about picking up your cross. And follow me. Elisha was rich. He had teams of oxen and plows. And when Elijah came to him and said, you are God's next choice. You know what he did? He killed all the oxen to make a sacrifice. Which means I am all in. My life is yours. So here I am. 
And I want to say, what profits a man to believe part of the gospel? But we are independent and self-reliant and self-governed. What profits the gospel that tells you there is nothing you need to do but just say a few words. Jesus, I believe. And I'm here to tell you it's the incomplete gospel. And for believers, we need to understand that unless we pick up our cross and die to self, salvation comes secondary to surrender. And surrender is daily. It's daily laying my life down, saying, God, your will be done. God, I'm planning this, but your will be done. God, my finances is not mine. It is yours. My family is yours. My life is yours. I'm picking up a cross daily because I will become like you in the suffering of walking in the footsteps of Jesus to the place of salvation and forgiveness, carrying the weight of the cross so that I can nullify the lie that apart from Christ, I can still have Christ. Today I'm going to say to you, as I'm preaching this word, it confronts every part of my own soul. Because scripture is like a mirror. And I had to begin to ask God, God, what am I planning in your name? You know, my wife, when I was engaged to her. Her dad was struggling with depression quite a bit. He was always lying in a dark room. And then Marlies would come to me and say, my dad is asking that you come and give him communion. I go like, right now? She says, oh, he's so in need of communion. Then she goes to her dad and says, Fear just feels that God wants him to give you communion. He just had this thing on his heart. And here I come with communion. I open the door and I'm looking for him to say, oh, thank you. He looks at me as like, what is wrong with you? And in that awkward moment, someone set up a moment, but none of the parties were in it ready for it because you see it's not about the ritual it's about the readiness to surrender so as I look you in the eyes you say Pastor P what is it that you sense God is saying I am sensing God is saying in this season that he is seeking our surrender He's seeking our surrender to whatever we have planned and we are holding on to. There is no having all of Jesus by giving only part of yourself. It's not a once-off gig. Speaking up the cross every day. So let me look in this camera right now. And we're going to create a moment. We've prayed and prayed and prayed. 
And I've asked God for a new start, even in my own life. A new start to picking up the cross where I can begin to give testimony to what I have laid down to be like Jesus. We cannot deserve salvation. But we've got to carry the cross of discipleship every day. No longer self-governed. Our lives is His. I want you to close your eyes. And while you close your eyes, I want you to just listen to the song just for a moment. Then we're going to pray. And I'm going to invite you to a moment. You're not struggling to hear me. So I'm not striving to be heard. I am sure the one who made me is catching every Here we are in a room, the crown jewel of creation made in your image and likeness, stripped from our hearts the lie that we can walk in salvation, but we don't have to pick up the cross of self-denial, self-governance self-ownership. Today you are calling your sons and daughters once again to trust you 
with all that you've given them. Like Jesus put us in the wine press where our prayers will say, not my will, but your will be done, O God. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, what we have is a response moment. We purchased these beautiful little key ring crosses. There's no power in them. They come from our rental trading. They've not been sanctified. It's a token. It is not free stuff. Actually, it comes at a very high cost. It's to stand up and say, God, it's time for me to pick up my cross again. Lay my life down. I believe, but I'm not surrendered. And if that is you, we've got tables in the front, tables on the side. Keep your mask on. There is no pressure. But if you say, God, there's areas of my life that I need a reminder, your will be done. It's time for me to carry the cross behind the footsteps of the one who saved me. If that is you while the music plays, why don't you just get up and come take a cross and take it back to your seat. So we lift you high Yahweh, Yahweh We lift you high Yahweh, Yahweh We lift you in your hand 
Say, Heavenly Father, today I choose to pick up the cross and lay down my life, my agenda, my dreams, my belongings, my successes, my failure, my overcoming, and my struggle. Help me that every single moment of every single day, I would say the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. God, dismantle my self-governed, independent life. Because as I die, I will find new life in you. Thank you for hearing this prayer, oh God. In Jesus' name, amen.